and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Guy Mayor in the case of the Spurious Spikes. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. I want your blood, the pale creep in the black cape rasped, closing in on the damsel in distress. A dashing young man entered stage left, a hammer in one hand and a wooden spike in the other. Back to the casket, vampire. He bellowed, throwing the fiend to the floor. He pinned its chest down, the spike in his left hand glistening blood-red like the heartwood of cedar. He raised his hammer with his right hand and drove the spike through the vampire's heart. Arising triumphantly, he swept the damsel into his arms and sped away from the grisly scene. Goat that crazy TV drama is rotting your brain, I grumbled. What good will that do you in the real world? You never know, maybe. Thankfully, the telephone interrupted Codet's speculation. Detective Dendro? Her voice was quick and to the point. My landscaper noticed insects in the trees nearest my house. This tree leans quite a bit, and a nearby tree has a similar spot, so I would like you to check them out and tell me what to do. Well, even after a thorough inspection, I may not be certain enough to tell you what to do, I confessed. I'll describe what you can do and how the tree might respond. That's good enough for me, she said. Coded emailed her assignment and other information. She replied with the address, and we arrived at the appointed hour. As we grabbed our gear, she marched up and introduced herself, a notebook in one hand and a pen in the other. I'm Elvira Morgan. Thanks for coming. With her confident stride, raven black hair, and sharply inquisitive nature, she reminded me of Lois Lane. My chest swelled like Superman's as I pulled up my diaphragm and eagerly followed the gesture of her arm toward the ground. There's the problem, she said. I probed the basal cavity between two buttress roots with my ice pick. The inner wood did not give way. As I looked up the trunk, I noticed the surface was not smooth, but blotchy and irregular. I looked farther up and saw a ten-inch pruning wound facing the house, right at the crook the tree took to get away from the big oak on its southern side. I looked a little higher and zoomed in with my digital camera to study a rough circular swelling. It looked like wound wood closing an old wound where a branch was shed. What kind of tree is this? She wondered, pulling me toward earth. I squinted at the lower leaves, far beyond my reach. I'll grab the 21-foot pole pruner and clip off a tip that's not important to the tree's shape, Coded volunteered. He made the cut cleanly, retrieved the tip, and inspected it with his hand lens. Wow, that terminal bud is sulfur yellow, and the accessory buds are small and four-cornered. It doesn't look like a, a pignut or a mockernut hickory, though it's better to look at leaves higher in the crown, too. We usually treat hickories pretty much the same, don't we? I opened my well-worn woody plant manual to page 211 and looked over to the client, pulling her gaze to the crown. Your tree is a caria cordiformis, the bitternut hickory. The slender crown is typically like yours, widest at the top. It is supposedly the fastest growing of the hickories. This basal infection has little callus, scar tissue, on the edges, indicating that tree defenses are down. I pulled out soft, crumbly, white-yellow rot, along with a variety of insects. These scavengers aren't bad. They can't eat wood unless fungal enzymes predigest it. Saddle up, Codet. Time to check out that crook. Codet ran his hand over the trunk and grumbled. 
Looks like the last climber used climbing spikes on this tree. After ascending up his rope to the crook, Kodit tapped the big pruning wound and all around the stem with his rubber hammer. Sounds pretty solid. There's a little callus on the lower margin of the wound. The top edge was cut more flush and is not closing well, but the wound sounds and feels hard, so I'm coming down. Before you do a request, I pointed above him, please assess that circular swelling just above you and extract a tissue sample. Oh, come on, Dendro, Kodit said, shoving the screwdriver end of his saw wrench into the hole. Sure, this four-inch tool goes in where the branch broke out. That doesn't mean a lot. Hey, it's lunchtime. He pried out some tissue, which I caught, squeezed, and put in my pocket as Kodit slid down his rope to the ground. While dining, you can catch up on your pathology, I smiled, and reflect on three signs and one symptom of a disease that we have seen. Three characteristics of the tree make it susceptible, two sight factors that aggravate its condition, and two tools you will need to finish your assessment. Pardon us, Elvira, as we take a break for lunch. callus growth around the pruning wound is the symptom, the tree's response. The tree is susceptible to failure from disease, but because its defenses are weaker, because it is fast-growing. It's also top-heavy and leaning. Fill dirt limits the tree's response, and being an edge tree, heavily suppressed on one side by that big oak, aggravates its risk of failure. I don't know the third sign, or what tools I need. The shish kebab at the diner that Elvira recommended didn't have a lot of onion, but it had enough. A bit of chunk off the long, shiny metal skewer, as Kodit described his diagnosis. Good work so far, I smiled, and handed Kodit the disease reference book. Here's your first tool. See if you can identify the pest, I challenged him. Kodit flipped through the index in the back as he continued. Our job is diagnosis of the tree's condition, reviewing reasonable ways to manage it, and prognosis, forecasting how it may respond to present and future treatments and conditions. We don't need to assign numbers to assess risk. It says here that caria gets two kinds of cankers, botrysferia and nectria, so it must view one of those. They're mainly bark and sapwood diseases, and there's probably not much strength loss in those small cankers. So pruning up to 20% of the sprawling branches and periodic monitoring might be reasonable. Depending on the owner's goals, it could also be removed. We can't know all that until we understand this disease, I reminded him as I subtly stabbed the index with my skewer. Under caria, what is listed after canker? Uh, it looks like canker rot, he stammered. I never heard that term before. Unlike surface cankers, canker rots indicate deep wood decay. Here is the fourth sign, I said, pulling the tissue sample out of my pocket and placing it on a napkin before him. Godot rolled it between his fingers. When I popped it out, I, I thought it was just decayed wood, but it feels like foam rubber. He marveled at the two-inch cylinder. 
It's really soft, yet I can't rip it. It's brown, but it's not crumbly like most brown rot, and it's much more flexible than the cellulose left over from white rot diseases. My stymied assistant scratched his head so hard he almost drew blood. I flipped to page 312 and slipped my skewer into the seam of the book. Sterile brown fungal tissue forms at branch stubs, I read. The reason this looks like no decayed wood you've seen is that this is not wood, but fungus. The advanced decay caused by felonous spiculosis is soft, crumbly, white-yellow rot like we saw at the base. The disease apparently entered after that big branch was removed, which demonstrates that the size of the wound is what matters, not the relative size of the remaining lateral. Anyway, the columns of decay are marching down to the ground. Look at this picture. Spike-like projections simultaneously extend the decay outward. Kota jumped up, his eyes bulging as he rasped. Like a cedar spike killing a vampire, felonous spiculosis stabs its way out of the xylem and into the tender, juicy sapwood. See, Dendro, television helps me understand tree science. Sure, sure. I said as I paid extra for the skewer and handed it to coat it. This skewer is the second tool you need. Let's head back to the tree. As we walked around the house, Elvira descended from the deck. Well, what can I do with this tree? She inquired, clicking her pen with her thumb. With this many issues, removal and replacement should be considered, I began. At first, it seemed reasonable to reduce up to 20% of the crown to lessen the lean, but Coded is ascending again with a new tool. We may get new information from it. Coded poked the skewer into the hole, wiggling it here and there. Sure enough, I can probe deeper at some angles, especially downward, he said, shaking his head. There's major strength loss at the crook and little strength gain from reaction wood. Lacking aerial lift access... If I had to work on this tree, I'd first tie into that adjacent tree, then I could reduce the ends of this hickory with a pole saw before putting any load on the stem. I'd definitely avoid loading the stem by rigging from it. Got that right, partner, I nodded. Most of these cankers are too irregular to be caused by climbing spikes. Those are the signs of rot. Elvira, I'm sorry we took so long to reach our conclusion. We could have gotten information faster by resistance drilling, but breaking barriers is a last resort. Probing into open cavities avoids spreading infection, and this new data indicates that a harder reduction might be more appropriate. The branches growing upward get much more sunlight, so the tree can't afford to lose branches that are growing outward. Some trees can battle pathogens for decades, stopping their spread indefinitely. But the canker rot caused by advanced felonous spiculosis, typically overcomes defensive barriers, so the prognosis is still poor. Felonous lenteus makes anti-tumor drugs, so this genus is something to reckon with. As the fungus attacks the cambium at the branch stubs, new columns of decay form within. The rod at the base indicates the whole bowl has a hole. All these cankers, the disease seems too entrenched for the tree to overcome. If you decide on pruning, a tree-to-tree -tree guying system back to that big oak could be designed to catch this tree if it fails later on, I added, showing her page 26 of the tree support BMP. I'm pleased that you are super careful. 
She thanked us as she shut the notebook and pulled out her checkbook. And super thorough. I will consider removal, given the poor prognosis. A sourwood, Oxydendrum arboreum, might do nicely in its place, I suggested, squeezing her right hand as I accepted payment from her left. In midsummer, its flowers hang like bright white spikes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD4776 to complete the quiz. And stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.